Hi, everybody. Before we get into this episode, I had to let you know, like I'm literally bursting at the seams, that on March 13th, Scouts Agency is launching something major. We have been working on this for months, all with the intention to serve your business expansion and catapult your brand awareness. Now, If you want to have first access at our early bird pricing plus access to bonuses, sign up on our waitlist at scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. There will be limited spots available, so if you've been ready to go from the plateaued business owner to the visible visionary, you're going to want first access. Again, that's scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. S-C-O-U-T-S-A-G-E-N-C-Y dot com slash waitlist to sign up for first access. I'm bursting at the seams and I know I have to keep this a secret for just a couple weeks longer, so cannot wait. Okay, let's get into the episode. founder and CEO of Scouts Agency, a female-focused PR agency that specializes in getting women as guests on podcasts, and the author of The Emotional Entrepreneur, The Emotional Guidebook to Entrepreneurship. I also live with bipolar disorder. From being a college dropout to business owner, I have garnered up the healing tools from living with a mental illness to build my entrepreneurial life. Welcome to my podcast, where I ramble about mental health tips, entrepreneurial strategies, and mindset shifts so that you can act despite fear and live your life of purpose. I am so honored you are here. Pressing play means that you are ready to feel safe in your emotions. Let's get into the episode, shall we? Hi, everybody. I just interviewed Tori Washington. I am fresh off the interview and there's something inside of me that feels both so fulfilled and yearning for more. And I think that really encapsulates the type of impact Tori Washington has on you. She gave me a breakthrough that you'll hear in this episode about how I can have permission to be hard and in that acceptance and permission I soften. It sent full body goosebumps, which you'll hear that I messed up that word and we both started laughing hysterically. And yet even with such foundational support that she gives, such eye-opening, revolutionary, inspiring, everything that she provides, which you will very, very quickly find in this in this episode, you're left and you you don't feel complete in a very beautiful way. You feel opened as if there's more to explore, there's more to be inspired by, there's more work to be done, there's more, as she says, softening into who you are, allowing it to be hard. And I I consider myself quite the articulate person. I consider myself somebody who feels very comfortable behind the mic. And I say at the end of this episode that I don't know if I could ever do Tori Washington justice in an interview because her power and her words and her movement and what she's here to do on this earth are truly, they truly escape words. So who is Tori Washington? 
Tori is part money medicine woman, part business wizard, and part straight-talking spiritual best friend to her over 16,000 Instagram followers. She is at the helm of a financial revolution. After filing for bankruptcy in 2018, Tori started her coaching business from scratch. Three years later, Tori Washington Inc. is a seven-figure year global brand that has supported over 3,000 women on the journey of financial liberation. Through her signature methodology, Wealth Embodiment Flow, WE Flow, which I am a part of, women are guided through a series of postures, breath patterns, and mantras that help them release financial trauma from their bodies and water the seeds of their most abundant realities. Whether it's brokering a six-figure real estate deal, negotiating an increase in salary, signing a paid client for the first time, or simply opening the stack of bills she's been avoiding, Tori's communities are alive with women celebrating their financial milestones. Tori's teachings weave together somatic movement, business strategy, and channeled spiritual wisdom to support women, and in particular, women of color, to step into into new levels of financial empowerment. In this episode, we go all over the place from what does wealth mean versus money, the breakdown of how she gets to a seven-figure business, what her membership truly is all about, and what she's most proud of. We snuck that in at the end. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did recording it. I feel as if this conversation is one of the most important conversations we can be having. So I hope you enjoy it, that you are moved, that you get cracked open to new realities of what it means to be wealthy. I feel as if this conversation has been what my soul has been waiting for for a couple weeks. We have Miss Tori Washington on the podcast, and I want you to say hi real quick and introduce yourself very briefly because we are going to get into, I have a feeling, a very meaty conversation. Amazing. I'm so happy to be here. My name is Tori Washington. I am the founder of Wealth Embodiment Flow. CEO of House of We, business mentor, speaker, and a stand for your financial liberation. I'm like going all over the place. I don't know where to start. And I said that I would have everything prepared for you, but I was like, there's so much. First, (laughs) I will get into the groove because my mind is going in 25 different directions. I don't necessarily want you to go into your entire backstory here because I think that we can go to many other podcasts, listen to it on your Instagram, et cetera, and really go into that. But something I do want to touch upon, Mm -hmm. and if you could touch upon it quite quickly, is where you started, which is where this all started, was filing for bankruptcy and where you are today and what that kind of looks like in a kind of very summary overview. I love that we get to skip the small talk and go straight. My Scorpio is so happy right now. (laughs) So I filed bankruptcy three years ago in the end of 2018. And that was a rock bottom for me, not just financially, but emotionally, my identity, everything I believed everything crumbled with that. And it's because first of all, the scar that they say bankruptcy leaves is one thing that you move through. And then the decision itself is such a breakthrough and such a moment of, wow, how did I, how did I get here? How did I become one of the people that's going to make this decision right now? And I remember sitting on the park bench right outside of the courthouse And I declared, I I didn't say it out loud, but I felt it in the way that I walked out that this was not going to be a financial setback. It's going to be, I'm turning this into a masterpiece. This is a setup for something so much bigger. And within 12 months, we grew and pivoted the business to six figures. And now 
three years later, we're a seven figure global brand that has supported thousands of women in unlocking their wealth identity, financially healing and starting their own financial revolution. First, the way you talk about what you do is very sensual, erotic. It delights all of the senses. You say masterpiece. I've heard you in conversations, revolution, words that are really, really bold and carry a lot of weight and, and are meant to carry a lot of weight. Is that something that's conscious or is is that just genuinely the types of words and descriptions that match the type of work that you're doing? Because the way you speak about your work, it's not just money. It's not even just abundance. It's not even just wealth. It goes into this very poetic, very rich type painting, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. That's purposeful and also chosen. So I believe that I chose that before I brought it to the public. And so often we wait for somebody to tell us when we're revolutionary. We wait for somebody to tell us when it's a masterpiece. We wait for permission of, yes, go take up as much space. Now you are qualified, you are certified, you have everything that you need. And I just happened to be one of the ones that did not wait for permission. I decided in my living room when I was doing this practice by myself and I was in the courthouse that this was going to be a revolution. I decided that that's what this work was going to be before anybody ever knew about it. And then I decided to put a voice to it. And then I decided to consistently back that mission with the voice. And then people started to take it on as their own masterpiece and their own revolution. So really the reflection you just gave to me is that I went first and then other people decided to join me in that movement. And if we're talking business, that is something that I believe every businesswoman needs to understand is how to articulate the movement that she's bringing forth into the world. And then your own inner courage, your own inner work is going to involve you putting a voice to that. And there's going to be so many things that say, no, 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 not that loud, not that sharp, not that distinct, not that direct. I just had a client who posted a post that had her heart racing and she went through a whole emotional roller coaster. And I messaged her and I said, good. This is what you get to feel when you're playing the biggest game of your life. It's going to feel like, oh my goodness, somebody is going to say something about it or somebody's going to have an opinion about it. But all that's happening is that she decided to go first and naming her revolution. And that's exactly what I've done with this brand and with this mission. And it's all on purpose. It's all meant to activate every single part of your operating system. So that playing big is something that I've firsthand experienced this year in my own business, in writing a book, in showing up, and deciding that this is who I was going to be. I wasn't waiting for someone to give me permission. I wasn't waiting for a publishing industry to buy my book. I said, fuck all that. I'm going all in and I'm going to do it big. I'm going to have dramatic photo shoots and I'm going to do it the way I want to. And it was the most embodied, exciting, exhilarating time of my life. And as you're stepping into playing that big, there's a lot of fear that comes. I look at you and you are someone who takes up the space with intention and purpose, fulfillment, inspiration. And I know that someone who is on the path, I don't think I've expressed my full self yet. I think there's a little more that I'm holding back. What kind of fear comes up with that? Because I think that when people say that it's something they want, but the process in getting there involves a lot of emotional expansion and growth that can feel quite uncomfortable, which is 
the discomfort is something I talk about, but I would love to hear your take on that process when women are stepping into their power. The fear, this might sound dramatic, but this is actually it. So if you're listening, I I want you to close your eyes if you can, like feel this. The actual fear is a fear of dying. It feels like you're going to die. Before we did the documentary, before any of this came to be, it wasn't a fear of, am I worthy? Am I enough? It was a fear of, I'm no longer willing to advocate for my vices. I'm going to take a stand for a vision that will require me to die for it that will require parts of my limiting self and my small-minded thinking to vanish and be complete. So there was many moments where I'm back and forth between, am I going to advocate for the vision that calls me into the biggest power and the biggest game? Or am I going to beg for, justify, and bargain for the vices and the piece of me that I am grieving? So there's an identity shift and we have to have compassion for ourselves because I don't think that that ever goes away, especially when you give yourself to the momentum of the game of the bigness, then you're in it and it's going to continue to ask more of you. And in that you have to love yourself through it. And I think what started to happen in the self-development community in general is that so many people are fixated on it being easy or making it look like it's easy or needing it to be easy, that they never find out who they really are when it's a little hard. And I've just decided to go figure out who I'm going to be when it gets a little challenging. And hiring a trainer this year has been the best investment and lesson in this, because oftentimes she'll say to me when she's adding on weight is let it be hard, Tori. But the moment I am fixated on this isn't as easy as the last weight, or it doesn't look as easy as the last weight is the moment I shrink back. Then when I say, let it be hard, let me find out who I am in this grit, in this moment, in this opportunity to be shaped. So at the very depth of it, why I'm sharing this is because we get to stop pretending that it's going to be easy to play the biggest game of your life. In fact, it's not. And the moment we let it be hard is the moment we can see all of ourselves in the full spectrum of who we get to be. And for me, that fear has been just the fear of dying, the fear of old parts of myself not coming. Okay. So you said also that on a podcast interview that I was listening to, because when I started my spiritual development, I kept saying to myself, why can't I let this be easy? Let it be easy. Let it be easy. Let it be easy. And then last night I was at dinner with another female entrepreneur and we were getting to know one another. And she asked me a question about, am I adventurous and spontaneous or am I a cozy and a home person? And for some reason that the word that came to mind was that I'm hard. I'm not cozy, comfy. I'm not spontaneous and adventurous. I'm not even a free spirit. I'm not an extrovert. I'm hard but in a way that feels really, really, it has weight to it. It's not a negative in my opinion. I believe that my purpose here is to walk through extreme levels of discomfort to find what's on the other side. Every time I up-level at my agency, I feel like I'm coasting for like two weeks and then the other one hits and then it's hard. And so I 
have also been in a tug of war with myself because I think people talk about living a big dream or want something to happen, but they don't understand the difficulty that comes with it. But I say it's in the difficulty that the beauty happens. It's in the difficulty that the that the strength happens. So for me, living in that hard area, I actually think that's where I am supposed to be. And I have found a lot of meaning in it. Does that mean I suffer? And I, you know, self-flagellate and, you know, have a terrible life? Absolutely not. I've just come to really appreciate the hardness in all of this, if that makes sense. One thousand percent. In between what you're saying, this is so juicy. I, I hope people are catching on to this. This is a breakthrough for somebody. This is so juicy. There's chapters of your life that are going to be exactly how you're describing. And what I found I love how you're saying I'm hard because what I really felt from you in that moment is that in my choosing of letting it be hard, I soften, I give myself to life. I relax into the overflow. I allow myself to give more because I just accept what is in front of me. And that's the beautiful duality of what I'm feeling in your words. I'm like, yes, yes. Keep going because I saw your whole body just relax after you said I'm hard. and this gets a little erotic. Even I had this thought actually in the shower. I was like, I'm going to let this be so hard. I'm just going to let it fuck me open to a new version of myself. That's how much I want to live life. That's how much I want to play this game and to be a part of what is being revolutionized through me. And then I'm also going to pay close enough attention for when God whispers in my ear, now let it be easy. Now let it just be easy. And then I'm going to listen when I allow myself to let it be hard. And we're going to go back and forth again and again and again and again. And it's the ones who listen with faith that are going to hear the different calls and the different parts of them that are coming online, depending on what chapter they're in. One, I I just had full booty, full booty, full body. It's all the erotic adjectives (laughs) we're using here. That is incredible. I'm going to use that again. (laughs) Oh my God. That's how it... Full booty goosebumps, guys. (laughs) Count that as a thing. (laughs) Okay, uh, we're coining that term. That's going to be turned into an Instagram graphic this week. I just experienced, (laughs) and I want to reflect this back to you, the acceptance. I felt it in two seconds through my body. The acceptance... And the permission and the allowance that I have been seeking for in my own life, that I am too hard, that I go too hard, that I grow too much, that I'm willing to take on things in pursuit of something bigger and greater. And I've always felt too much in that area before I had the ability to channel this energy into beautiful vision and community and financial success, it was stagnant energy in my bipolar disorder that allowed me to suffer and regress backwards. And so I'm inherently built with the hardness, with the energy, with all that. But I've been able to, through my business, channel it into purpose and fulfillment. I always say that the discomfort is still there. It just has a different face and it feels a different way on your body. It feels different. It feels more fulfilling. But I want to tell you a story. I'll be very candid. I launched my book in August. I Mm -hmm. invested in a team. I have a more traditional PR agency type business. I invested in my team. I invested in my book launch. I had never spent that much money in my life. I told myself that I had zero expectations 
and that I really believed in the vision and that I would come forward and that I would get paid back tenfold later in my life, et cetera. Then I burned out because it was too much work. And then I went to Tulum and I said, the revenue at the agency wasn't where I needed it to be to support this bigger team that I had invested in. And I said, listen, I'm not in an energetic space to even call in new business right now. I'm done. I'm fried. So I went to Tulum for a week. I didn't think about it. I came back refreshed. And Monday I looked at the numbers. And I then got an email that they charged something to my card that I wasn't expecting. And it truly put me into a complete breaking point. I could not handle my emotions. They were coming up so significantly that I knew I had to move them. And so I had to take a walk. And I took a walk and I'm crying and I'm screaming. And this cat's following me, which is a whole other thing. I'm screaming and my friend calls me and she's just talking me through it. And I felt so entrenched in the financial scarcity that was hitting on the survival point of all of this, the life and death kind of point of all of this. That night, after my husband had watched me crying, I had a credit card bill for my event, all the things, something came to me and said that wealth is my birthright. And then I saw that you posted that the membership for We was open. And I signed up and I haven't even looked into the portal, Tori, I'll be, I'll be totally honest. And I know that the right time will come where I can really spend and do it. But I snuck my credit card. I didn't show my husband because like, what would my husband think if I'm complaining about money and then I go spend more? And I signed up and I didn't think anything. I didn't look at anything. The next morning I woke up in such a state of abundance and gratitude, such a state of abundance and gratitude that I signed five clients in 48 hours and exceeded our revenue standard, our revenue goals for this month. And so I want to talk about the way you ignite things in people. I don't even have to be a part of that membership, but it was seeing your energy. Like, I don't even have to be an active role in it, which I, I plan to be. But sometimes all we need is that one action, that one leap of faith, that one seeing a community and, and choosing that for ourselves, right? Yes. What goes into it energetically for you when you ignite a revolution in women specifically? Because I know that on your end, it's a big emotional, you show up. What, what does that look like for you on a day-to-day basis? Ooh, I love this question. It doesn't look like what people would think. People often ask me, how do you not burn out? Like, how are you always launching? How are you always selling? How are you? Blah, blah, blah. And my answer is that I'm not doing anything. God's the doer. I'm being who God needs me to be to have God do what he needs to do. And I know that sounds so simple. It might be triggering for some people to hear that. In fact, it has triggered some people to hear that, but that's truly how it feels. And with the membership specifically, we have almost 500 members in there. We've had over 800 move through the membership portal. Some have been active. Some have had the same experience. That is like the fifth time I have heard that. And it's because I've set this up, like we're in a valley of wealth. I often tell the students in there, if you can't walk, walk for someone else, like borrow someone else's faith, ask for, make the big ask for what you need. What you really asked for when you signed up for that membership was to be a part of a revolution that's bigger than your circumstances right now. So whether you did the flow or did the work or not, there were already 500 women in there flowing for you. Like that's how we set the context of the space is 
There's women all over the world that can't move, that can't breathe, that can't see. Let's do it for them. Let's make it bigger. And that has allowed it to, you, can you feel the wind in the room? Can you even feel the energy of me saying that? Like it's allowed the membership to take on a life of its own. It's its own web of wealth. And you just simply plugged into it. That's like the top layer. And for me, all I get to do and keep in my focus is why this exists and to trust each and every single one of you. I really do. I trust you. I trust your power. I don't sit here and think like, oh, only I can do this. I believe that every single person in there can do it in their own time and in their own way and in their own power. And at the belly of the mission lives so many humans that stand for this work and have truly transformed their lives with this work. So my belief is so unshakable. Like like when you get into the membership, you can feel the safety because I'm a solid ground. I'm not going anywhere. I, I believe this with every bone in my body. Not one person on this planet could convince me that wealth embodiment flow and house of we is not a transformational experience for women and wealth, not one single person. So I think that that encapsulates everything and it allows you to plug in and do what you need to do to receive what you get to receive. And it's so powerful that you signed up in that moment because that's when this is such a beautiful lesson for somebody, especially who has a lot of guilt around spending or investing, because oftentimes when we're in that debt or that, what you just said, that like financial survival is being so triggered our biggest leap of faith is just circulating it a little bit. You literally just turn the dial a little bit, even though everything in your mind was saying, this is not safe, your body led, and then your mind followed, and then you did what you needed to do. The same thing just happened to my partner. He was not signing anybody. Things were just kind of at a standstill, like exactly what you were describing. Things were at a standstill. And then also there's other acceleration in the area of like debt and and those things weren't balancing themselves out. And so why don't you, let's look at, we have to circulate because the energy is not moving right now. And he started to look at some yoga jobs, started to apply it like this over here, started to look into this direction over here. He ended up having his first $10,000 month within two weeks simply because he was, he moved, even though his mind said, don't move, it's not safe. Cause he like that type of movement is a movement that creates miracles and the insane stories that we hear. So I'm, I'm listening to your story and I'm like, holy crap, the same thing just happened in my house. <laughs> Thank you. And what you said earlier about kind of, I don't know if you use the word vortex, but the, the energy that is in that membership, when I signed up, it wasn't this pressure of, okay, I got to do the work and show up and do all this. It was just me signaling to the universe. This is the type of energy, the type of mission, the type of community that I want anywhere near me, whether it's full involvement, half involvement, no involvement, I just pay your monthly, whatever. It was me choosing to be in that belief system with all of you, whether or not I'm actually in the room or not. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I was in that scarcity mindset, one of the things I told myself is there is an emotional block. There's a belief block. It's not a cash flow problem. It's not a, is there a demand? It's not a, are there any more clients left for me? It's not a, is my business not working? It was, what do I have to overcome internally? Right. Can you talk about your relationship to wealth? What, what does it mean when you say wealth? Because I know that the definition goes beyond just money, right? Tell me a little bit about your relationship and what it is you preach when it comes to wealth. So I talk about 
wealth through the lens of relationship and through three different layers. I'm going to break this down. If you're a note taker, this would be a great time to take some notes. I look at it in three different layers. There's cash, there's money, and there's wealth. Most of us experience our relationship with money through the context of cash, which is a physical currency, and it's limiting in its circulation in the way that we can be in relationship with it. I compare cash to like a quick fuck. It's like, give me the quick cash. Give me the, give me the, the thing I can touch and hold and make me feel safe and that type of energy. Then eventually, every single woman will realize that they want more than just cash. They want meaning. They want love. They want fulfillment. They want impact. They want visibility. They want devotion. And that's when we start to open the door to money. Money is a modality of exchange. So when I talk about money, I'm not talking about spending it. It's becoming the exchange of it. When we enter into a relationship with money, we then get to look at our attachment styles and how we show up in relationship and with everything else. So there's a whole nother section to that, which you'll see in the membership that we teach the three attachment styles with money. But just to give an overview for this conversation, as I entered into relationship with money, the first question that I asked is money, what's it like to be in relationship with me? And that question changed my life. This was right after I filed bankruptcy because the answer that I heard was, it feels like I'm in a jail cell. It feels like I'm never going to be enough. It feels like you want me to do all these things. And even when I do them, it's not good enough. And what that reflected back to me was exactly how I felt about myself. So when we open up the sector of money, we're not just talking about cash anymore. We're talking about responsibility for who you get to be in relationship with this powerful exchange. Then once you become more fluent in your relationship with money and what we teach you in the membership is your, your money archetype, like what you're actually designed to do in relationship with money. For me, I'm a circulator. I meant to start and build new economies, not just spend frivolously, but to actually circulate money and wealth in a really powerful way. Then we look at wealth, which is your identity. So cash is an object. Money is a relationship and wealth is an identity. Some women will never experience their wealth identity because of circumstances, projections, the color of their skin, the way the world is set up. I mean, there's a ton, a Rolodex of reasons why. What I found is that nobody's going to say, okay, now here's the chapter where you discover your wealth identity. It's everybody's personal choice. I decided to make that choice when I filed bankruptcy. I had the choice to either be a statistic, like everybody told me I was, including my lawyer, or I could choose to actually discover my wealth identity in that. And your wealth identity is bigger than cash. It's bigger than money. It's your one of a kind, unique ability to turn something mundane into opulence, to turn cash into generational healing to turn something that was once tangible into an unseen force of limitless wisdom. And when a woman discovers her wealth identity, she discovers her, her truth, her full expression, her unapologetic stand for whatever she desires and whatever she wants to create in this world. And for me, I'm no longer in a conversation of how can I make cash? I'm in a conversation of how can I bring wealth into existence? And that calls on me to take full responsibility for how I exchange money, for how I treat money, for how I treat myself, for 
how I invest it, how I manage it, all those different things. And I used to be somebody who I remember when I was 18, I would be like, I'm going to show the world that you don't need money. I'm going to move to India and teach yoga. And my mom was like, you're going to college, like pipe down. (laughs) And I just was such a rebel. I had such a FU mentality towards money because I saw it create so many problems. And I think back to that 18 year old and I smile at her now because what she really wanted was exactly what I'm creating now. I don't just want women liberated with money. I want them liberated from money. I want them completely untethered, completely unobstructed and timeless in their ability to create limitless pathways of prosperity. And at the time when I was 18, it came out like an FU and now it's just coming out more poetic, (laughs) way more poetic. I was going to say the way you talk about money is not like I talk about money, but I think it's, there's something always been inside me. I love making money. I love the process of it. I love figuring it out. It's kind of like this puzzle situation. And now the next evolution of my relationship with money is stepping into that wealth identity. So there's, it's, that's where just in the last two weeks, I've been saying things to myself, like wealth is my birthright. It just is. It's my birthright. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of visualization around healing my money story, which came from my mother. And I think that's why I also really view money and wealth through the feminine perspective, because that's how the money story for me was painted. I know that supporting women of color through this work is really important to you. And it's something I can't personally touch upon and inspire in others. Can you talk a little bit about one, why that's really important to you and how that's influenced in your work? Thank you for bringing this through, first of all, and creating space in the interview for this. I created this whole thing for women of color. They were always, I am always in the conversation of prioritizing and creating safe space for that to exist. When you say wealth is your birthright, here's the the truth for women of color and women who have been in lived experiences where that is not true for them is yes, wealth is everyone's birthright, but only certain people are trained to believe that. And There's something that occurred within me after bankruptcy that was bigger than the limiting belief of, am I worthy or can I make money? It was the lived experience of, I grew up hearing, I'm going to have to work twice as hard, not because of my skill set, but because the color of my skin, because something so basic about myself. So I'm inherently set up in a way that's going to make this a long shot is kind of what it felt like growing up. So I'm incredibly passionate about closing that gap for women of color and giving them a space where their voices and their expression and their identity is prioritized and they aren't bypassed with, oh, that's a limiting belief. Oh, you just need to fix this or you're not manifesting right. Or I mean, I've heard everything under the sun. You're a money magnet doesn't work with a black woman. We have seen and heard and have so much in our roots that that doesn't touch on the truth of what we get to move through. So as I began to create this practice, I included movement because our body is the record keeper of not just our money story, but our mothers and our grandfathers and our grandfathers, grandmothers. And there's so many women in the membership who specifically women of color will have moments of flashbacks and recognition around not just the scarcity that their ancestors left, but the gifts. And for many women of color, we are picking up where one of our ancestors left off. And 
I hadn't seen a space where that was talked about or prioritized for me. And so I created it and it's everything. It's at the helm of this mission. And I say that women will change the face of wealth as we know it. And what I really mean by that is women of color will change the face of wealth as the world knows it. Thank you for your work, first of all, because I just, it's, it's incredible. And what I'm about to say next, let me know if it doesn't sound too great. Cause in these conversations, you know, it's always kind of a, a learning thing, but I have found my greatest financial abundance wealth teachers to be women of color. I actually look to them, Rachel mm-hmm. Rogers, you, there's so, so many that I look to because I understand that what they've had to unlock and go through is heavier, longer, bigger than what I've had to go through. And so if they've done it, there's a depth and a victory to it that I'm so happy. And I I just find myself drawn to women of color who teach this work because I feel as if it brings another impactful layer to to the entire transformation, if that makes sense. A hundred percent. And I think that's beautiful. And I love your humbleness and your willingness to be in the conversation. And I envision a world where women of color are celebrated for our wealth and our liberation and our joy and people are, and this will come with time that people aren't excited to watch our rise, but they are more excited to meet us in our arrival. Cause there's so many times where people are watching women of color and they love the rags to riches. And I very much so am conscious that that's not the story I'm here to tell. I joined me at the biggest stage and I love linking arms in that way because then we're changing the whole paradigm of women of color have to struggle to get to the top. And instead it's when they get to the top, they're going to change the freaking planet. Of course I'm going with, with her because I love her joy, her exuberance, the, the courage she holds, the reverence that she bears, the beholdings. I want to be around that. And so that's what I really heard. And what you just shared is I love the depth and the intimacy and the unapologetic energy that women of color carry. I want to walk and support and be the light and the backdrop for that. And that's my invitation for the world. Thank you for articulating that a lot fucking better than I could articulate that. But I think in all honesty, you know, it starts with celebrating and then it starts with meeting them at their arrival and and, and rising up to that level, which I have felt and it's been incredible. So I just want to thank you for for bringing that into your work. It's it's really, really phenomenal. And it's supporting women of color, women, other people, I believe that aren't that don't identify as those two things. So yeah, thank you. Okay, I want to pivot real quick into logistics. So I saw an Instagram post a couple years ago. And she said that she made $80,000 that month. And I read through the whole post. And my initial reaction was, that's a unicorn. That doesn't happen. What the fuck? She got lucky. That's not even like that can't happen for me. All this stuff, right? I tore her down in my mind. I I removed her credibility. I removed her talent, her hard work, whatever she did to get there. And I reduced it to luck. And that's not in the cards for me. At the bottom of her Instagram post, she said, there are two types of women that will read this. The first will dismiss this and not think it's possible for them and tear down what actually is happening here. And the second will say, wow, if she can do that, so can I. And when I read that at the bottom, I vowed to be the latter. I vowed to forever see something like that and hold it possible for myself. So this is something that you do. This is something that has expanded my business significantly. You will share your numbers and 
sharing numbers is a obviously a personal decision when it comes to business, but you had an 80,000 week, I think one time you've had hundred thousand dollar months, et cetera. And I choose to look at that as the biggest expansion possible for me. And I'm just kind of wondering how that breaks down. So I know you have your membership. I know you do one-on-one coaching, but can you give a little insight into your business model and where the revenue on a tactical level comes from? Yes. And I freaking love that you have chosen that because my mentor, Allison Bird, talks about this a lot, that we are evidence for one another. And when we cut down someone else's expression of wealth, we're just cutting out evidence that God is trying to put in front of us for what's possible. So that's really beautiful. And I love this question because I love to talk about the numbers. And I believe that part of the financial journey is going to involve a lot of your own financial healing. And like we were talking, the energy, the web of wealth that we get to plug into and underline bold. If you're running a business, you get to know how to run a business. And you need to know your numbers and you need to know how those numbers can grow and also how they can multiply without you burning out. So I share my numbers. I call it getting financially naked. I'll show you mine if you show me yours because it's invigorating. It's arousing. It's, it's like, yes. So for me, our business model is really important. Your business model is the house. So many people have the audience, the followers, they don't have a house to actually stabilize them in. And that's why their income does not stay steady. So your business model is everything. And for us, the membership is at the base of the business model. It's my lowest offer. It's $99 a month. And there's an annual option. The membership itself in the last 12 months has done $315,000. So that's about 30% of our total revenue. And just to give you an idea. So many people think like, oh my gosh, the membership is doing everything, but that's a portion of the pie. I ran the numbers real quick. I did like some multiplications and I was like, there's something else going on here. I got a little uh, investigative. Okay, keep going. I love that. Um, I'm just so curious. I'm like, how does this tactically happen beyond the, I've been financially expanded by your numbers and now I'm like, what are the steps here? Okay, keep going. So yes, a strong business model, planning your quarter's launching with strategy and a powerful marketing plan, all of those go into play. I could have launched this membership and had it open all year and nobody would sign up the way they do. What do we do? Three times a year, we intentionally open the doors. There's a campaign behind it. There's a revolution behind it. This is why so many people look at this as the unicorn membership of the industry because the retention rate and the profit is people don't have memberships that last this long with this many people. So that in itself adds a layer of credibility for my other offers. If I can make that work for hundreds of women, and it's the this is the deepest that we're going to go, I have the, it's amazing, then it adds the credibility for the other offers. So I have trainings that I'll offer once a month that are around business, sales, and marketing. And then I also have my private coaching. So we have a recurring revenue of around forty to 50000 each month. And then if I'm launching, it's compounded on top of that. And then our private clients and everything continues to stack from there. So actually at the end of the year, I always do a behind the scenes of my business where I actually share all the financials and I give you just full transparency what happened this year. The biggest thing if you're trying to scale is to stop looking at how you can make more money and start redefining how you can serve more people. 
The reason why my business continues to stabilize is that more people can find it really easily. I make it incredibly easy for people to say yes. And I always have something for them to buy. And I'm not just having them spend money on like a product, they're buying into a movement and a revolution. So whether I'm talking about House of We or sales or business, or I do voice training, all of it, the first thing I share is, here's what you're going to belong to when you say yes to this. That creates loyalty and loyalty in your brand will create sustainability like you've never known. So when we look at how many customers we've served this year, we've served about 800 people. That's not a lot, but I have so many repeat buyers. I have women in my community again and again and again and again, and I get to be with their journey. So I set up my offers like it's a trail, it's an arc, it's always building, there's always more. And then there's also the woman who goes straight to the top. I want to sit with you one-to-one every week. Great. That's $27,000 or three payments of $10,000. And those will come every quarter. So there's always circulation happening and and revenue being generated in all these different rooms. And I have a strong, stable house where I'm not going anywhere. This is where most business owners trip themselves up is they set it up and then they leave and then they come back and they leave. But your audience is looking for consistency. They're looking for, for solid ground. So I started off with three main offers and then I continued to scale to hold more people once those offers were at capacity, I added more, more rooms. So that's how we've built. And when you see somebody have like an 80 K week, like we had, that was right after a launch. And I did a really unique strategy where I did a free masterclass, which was freaking amazing. We could have just sold that on its own. Afterwards, I had three main offers that I wanted to sell. And I gave everybody the chance to enroll in those separately or come join me for the quarter. 30 women joined for the quarter, which was, I think we priced it at $4,000. So we had that, all of that, which was recurring income and then more recurring income on top for the ones who just bought in increments. And I think with the coaching industry where the messaging's gotten a little off is there's this belief circulating around that. If you're not like a pay in full client, you're not serious about your business. Like if you're not bleeding your bank account, then you're not actually serious about being a six figure earner. I don't believe that. I think that that is really harmful marketing and actually cuts into your profit. I set up some of the best payment plans. It's good. It's a win for me, recurring income, and it's a win for her. So she can keep her cash flow stabilized. I can be in integrity with her. There's no financial hardship. So I've got clean money circulating. It's way easier to circulate clean money than money that's dirty and manipulative and kind of came with a sting. So that's my other secret is that I have really powerful payment plans that allow for cash flow to always be coming in and allow for people to always be coming in. And I hold them in their power. Once in a blue moon, somebody backs out. I don't make it mean anything about me. We keep it moving. That's something that I think a lot of people cut out of their business. And I, I just think that it's it's not smart. I'm so happy you said that part about if you don't pay in full kind of vibes, because I believe that in moments, if you invest and put down money in yourself and stretch yourself a little bit, that it can bring incredible fruits. I've seen it happen to me time and time again. And there's a difference between being a little maybe reckless with that investment. And it's a fine, fine line. And it's actually, you know, in full transparency, I talked to you about 
one-on-one coaching and you gave me the price. And at that point, I made myself feel bad. I was wondering if I wasn't fully committed because I didn't want to pay that. And in that time, I made a financial decision that it just wasn't the right financial move for me in this moment. But I felt that Mm -hmm. guilt, not from you, just from the narratives we've been told, right? I felt that, oh, am I not all in? Am I not committed the way other women are? And so that's definitely a moment where we get to trust our decisions and trust that they're being made, hopefully with a sense of reason and and healthiness with also a little bit of risk involved. But I'm really happy you brought that up because I feel as a consumer, I guess, client side of the coaching industry, I have felt that for sure. Yeah. And it's, I have so many women who ask about private coaching. I'm unattached whether they sign up then or not. I give them the price. Some of them jump in right away, which is great. And then some, some don't say anything at all. And I'm like, all right, we're we're complete with that conversation. And what I've learned over the years is that the price holds a power. And when a woman says, no, not right now, what I hear her say is one, my commitment is elsewhere, which is fine but I get to collect a specific amount of power to meet that. And it's not wrong that I'm not there right now. I'm on my way. I'm curious. I now have a reference point. Thank you for that. So when a woman doesn't respond or sign up, like I'm so excited for her. I'm like, you're about to go do some crazy stuff right now because that just activated something in you. So it's all activation. They're just happening in different directions. And as a mentor and business owner, if I took everything personal, I would stop moving. And I think that when it comes to the numbers, like if we're really looking at big numbers, like we're doing a million this year, I'm still going to do my class where I break it down, but it's not going to make sense for you until you become the how of your own revolution. Like my way is not your way, is not her way, is not her miracle. So everybody has their own how. And you're going to raise your hand and say, I'm the how of this ridiculous number in the making, because by the time you get to that moment, like when you said you signed five clients or the next time you have this like mind blowing, holy crap, I can't believe that much came in. You're not going to know how until you just did it. Like it's, I want to answer that question with so much more clarity, but at the same time, like let yourself be surprised. Just just do the things, run your business, set up yourself for the most amount of power and success and circulation. And I'm telling you, when you do see the number that blows your mind, you ain't gonna be able to calculate it. It's gonna be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. It multiplied through me. I couldn't even keep up. Like, so that's the truth. There's like the energy side and there's like, yes, I have a business model. We do this, this, and this, and there's this strategy, but there's also the energy of, being willing to be shaped and to hold more. That's really at the base of it all. There's so much. And, you know, I just, as we conclude this, I actually want to ask you one last question, which I actually ask on my other podcast, Okay Sis. Sorry, Mads, I'm going to steal this one really quickly because I'm really interested to hear your just rapid fire answer on this. On Okay Sis, we ask, if you could brag about one thing and don't be humble, what would you brag about? I would love to hear what you would pick to brag about. My whole stomach just dropped. And this is, I always say this and it's so funny. It's happening in real time is that it is not quite vulnerable to be seen in your pain. It is vulnerable as hell to be seen in your power, to be seen in your, like your brag. Like I could cry right now. Cause I'm like, ah, I feel naked. <laughs> my humble brag. My dad texts me last week. I'm going to cry. 
And he said, I am so happy that you found your freedom. And I'm so grateful to be a part of you. So my humble brag is that I started a legacy in my family, that my parents are proud to be a part of me and the lineage that I'm creating. And I'm rewriting history for every woman in my family. Like I am creating a completely new paradigm for my nephew and for my sister and for the the people who are connected to me right now. And I am so proud of that. And I'm so proud of us. I have done over 200 interviews and I don't know if I nailed this one. And I'll tell you why. When I look at you, I see God. There's a very intense energy that I don't think any interviewer, any piece of content, any book you write, if you write a book, will successfully be able to sum up who you are. And that's why I didn't prepare questions because I don't think that no matter how much I prepared, and I am very familiar with your content, there is something about you that leaves me feeling out of control in a great, great way. And so if this interview (laughs) didn't translate to the listeners, which I know it will, but it's because there is no way to sum you up, to sum your work up, to fully articulate it in the way that I believe it deserves. And when you can't fully articulate something, it's because it's God energy, period. I don't even want to try to be the one to really paint that picture for others. So I just want to reflect that in you, that what you are doing is incredible. If anyone here wants to get involved, whether it's just following you to have your energy on their screen every day, whether it's signing up for the membership when it's open, all of you, I know you're doing a mastermind with Natalia Benson, whatever it is, how can people connect with you? Thank you. I'm just sending energy to you. You know, I feel like our souls are communicating right now and I got you and you got me in deep, deep gratitude. I am Tori Washington on Instagram at I am Tori Washington. And then if you're interested in any of the financial healing work that we do and wealth identity work that we do, wealthembodimentflow.com. And then we're also House of We on Instagram. And I would love to connect with you. Thank you so much for coming on. And you can follow me at Scout Sobel. Thank you. I hope this episode has landed with you in the perfect timing that you need it. I hope that it gives you the courage to chase after your dreams and purpose. If you are so willing, I would be honored if you would text this episode to a friend, if you would rate the podcast five stars and write a review, and follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel. Over there, you can find links to sign up for my newsletter, which is also in the show notes, and get involved in all of my offerings, from Scout's agency to OKSIS podcast to this podcast. If you're looking for a deeper dive of my work, you can find my debut book, The Emotional Entrepreneur on Amazon. I am so appreciative you are here and I will see you on the next episode.